Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 5th edition Vampire the Masquerade tabletop role-playing rules by World of Darkness. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience and will include strong language and mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and so forth, that may bear resemblance to entities living, dead, or undead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Rena Henze, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Old Ways Podcast, Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle, Blood Moon Rising. I am your storyteller, Storyteller Rena, and tonight we're getting into some very, very, very serious stuff. So business as usual. Um, but before we get to introductions, I'd like to thank our backers, our Patreon backers. Without you, we wouldn't have this particular chronicle going. And I'd like to thank all of our listeners and our cast as well for everything that you bring to this show. And uh, I'd also like to thank a certain someone who you will hear from in a moment. So, without further ado, let's get to introductions. To my right. Hi, this is Mike, and I play Marcus Voss of Clan Bruja. And to Mike's right. Hi, this is John. I play Vince Markovich of Clan Tremere. And next to John. Hi, this is Tegan, and I'm playing Rom the Shaman of Clan Malkavian. Indeed. And at the end of the table. Hi, this is Ali, and I play Katarina Bogdanovich, and I am Clan Toreador. Yes, you are. And next to Ali, we have. This is Tiffany, and I play Alex Giovanni of Clan Hakata. And last but not least, we have our special guest this evening. Yes, hello, I'm Scott, and I'll be playing. A visitor who's come to town to maybe light a fire under the player characters. We'll see whether that's literal or figurative soon enough. Oh my. So thank you very much for joining us, Scott. We're happy to have you with us. So before we get into fires, literal and imaginative and metaphorical, let us reopen this evening on the night of the 30th slash 31st of October, 2022. So we will begin with a Katerina Bogdanovich who has recently cleansed her stock, so to speak, and is now on her way to visit a certain Vera Giovanni. So Katerina, how are you getting there? Since I have all of the cell phones of every person vampire since I have every cell phone of the people who work for me I'm going to make one of them order me an Uber so I can get over there as fast as possible because I'm not gonna try to figure that out okay so Margarita begrudgingly orders you an Uber through her phone and you hear some disgruntled grumbling from various rooms in the farm as you leave, but that's nothing new. So, you take the Uber, 
you're feeling a bit anxious, a little bit stressed, and something feels different as you leave the farm tonight. There's just a change in the air. So about 20 minutes later, the Uber pulls up in front of Vera's home and the door opens very quickly, a lot faster than normal. You didn't even have to ring the bell. Paula is just there. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Katarina. My, this is a busy house this evening. Uh, I take it you want to see Vera? Yes, I need to speak to her urgently. Very well. And she ushers you in, takes you back to that sitting room you've been in before. And Vera is sitting on the couch, looking a little stressed, a little confused, a little agitated. But she stands up and greets you. Katerina, how, how, how can I, uh, how can I help you? Well, I have some good news for you. The prince has granted your request so that you can go see our family. Her eyes get big. Oh, I, I, I didn't think they would actually. And she signs something in a flurry that Paula has to ask her to repeat because it's so fast. Even Paula can't keep up with it. Yes, I, I, I didn't think they would actually let me go. Uh, oh my, uh, I, I should, I should go. I, uh, it's been so long. Yes, but I need you to understand that you must stay there. She looks at you quizzically. Is it because of who's in town right now? That is part of it, and there is more danger in this city than we've ever faced before. She nods as uh, Alex told me. Probably not as much as you deserve to know. And I wish I could explain, but time is short. You need to leave tonight if you can. I, I, I don't know if I can go tonight. I have, I have to get permission for someone else to take my duties with, with the clan, and, and there's a party that someone else will have to host, and... You do not understand. You need to leave as soon as possible. I, I, they I, will I, have to deal without you. Well, I, I, she, she's dithering a little bit. Like, she's, she's flustered. She's not quite sure what she wants to be doing here. Um, so I'm going to ask you for a role to persuade her of how important this is. So you're going to give me, I think, persuasion plus manipulation. You're trying to get her to follow your your will, so to speak. Four successes with a ten. Excellent. So Vera pauses when she sees how agitated you're getting. She's not used to seeing you so worked up. And she signs something to Paula. Paula nods and leaves the room. And Vera signs at you very slowly in phrases that you've picked up from her over the last couple of years. Thank you. I, I will go now. Uh, tonight. When can I come back? I will send you a letter. By post- then everything is clear. If you do not hear from me, do not return. 
she nods and she looks a little sad. And before you can react, she takes your hand and she leans in and she kisses your cheek. And then she signs, I will miss you. And she quickly flees the room. I will make my way out the door. I need her safe. All right. So you leave so that she can pack and get ready to go. And I assume you're heading home from here. Uh, actually, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be heading home, but I'm going to stop into the bakery and I have a couple of employees to call. All right. So you get back to the bakery. Cora is still there. Lucy is off for the night, off at a party somewhere as usual on her nights off. I am going to use the office phone, which is, you know, an old di- uh, an old landline and call her phone repeatedly until she answers. Lucy? Yeah. You call five, six, seven. No replies. This is not ideal. No, it is not. But I guess I will have to catch her tomorrow when she is working. Cora, I need to speak to you. Cora dusts some flour off her hands uh, and walks over to you. Are you hungry again? No, but I must ask you a very pressing and very important question. Do you understand? She nods, a little concerned. When you are human, you used to have dreams, yeah? Yes. Have you been having any now? She pulls back a little bit. How did you know? Because it is something that is affecting kindred across the city. And we are the bakery and all its operations are at least one of the distributors without our knowledge. Her eyes go wide. The stock has been cold. Both eyebrows go up. We will have to start over from the ground up. It is regrettable, but necessary. But for now, you know where the farm is, yes? Uh, Of course, I've picked up deliveries. I need you to give me your phone. And I need you to go to the farm with the rest of the employees. Why? because I need all of my employees in one place so that I know all of you are safe. This is for your own protection. Cora is your co-worker. She's not your employee. So you're going to have to give me a role here because Cora is not just going to... Cora's not just going to accept uh, an, an, an order from you, essentially. Manipulation and persuasion again. <laughs> I've got f- I've got five successes with three tens. Wow. Okay, so Cora just nods. She's lived through a lot over the last century or so. She's a little bit older than you are, and she just takes out her phone. She says, uh, "I'm just going to text my cat sitter one moment," uh, and she sends a quick text message and then hands you her phone. Thank you. 
I know that this is inconvenient, but when I return, there should be, hopefully, a way to make sure that everyone is safe. But having you all in one place means that I don't have to track any of you down. I will see you as soon as I can. Makes sense. Uh, Yeah. Um, For sure. And she just wraps up her wraps up her pastry that she was making, grabs her bag. Just see you later, I guess. See you soon. And she disappears out the back door. So Cora has gone. Lucy is not picking up her phone and you can settle in for an uneasy night. Do I happen to know where she frequents? You don't because being a young Toreador of the internet age in particular, uh, even though she no longer uses the internet, she tends to go to various parties all over the city with her young Toreador friends where they can be seen either by mortals or by other vampires, depending on who they're trying to impress at the moment. It's it's how she hunts, so she could be anywhere in the city. All right, then, yeah, I'm going to go upstairs to the loft, and I am going to turn on some loud music for once. The classical is not going to do enough today. And probably pace and look at my doors suspiciously and continue to pace. Yeah, those those doors continue to make you uncomfortable. And t- tonight you almost get a sense of agitation in the room from the doors. It's weird. But you continue pacing and we'll leave you there for the evening. Alex Giovanni. After leaving Vera with the promise of a meeting with grandmother tomorrow... You had a book to deliver to a certain young Tremere. Yes. So you and your driver pull up outside the haunted bungalow, and uh, you see a familiar-looking vehicle in the parking lot across the street. Marcus. Yes. So it, it appears you're not the only one paying a visit on the resident Tremere this evening, but you can go up and knock on the door. I assume you're not just going to barge in. No. No. Well, actually, uh, I'll probably walk up to the door and ask Mina if it's okay if I visit. You hear one, which you assume means yes. Then I'll open the door. Okay, so Vince and Marcus, you've been having a an interesting, deep discussion in Vince's library over a very fine vintage that Marcus liberated from Vince's sire's former home. And you hear the door open. Who could that be? Says Vince in his t-shirt and jeans as he just like, look, this bat wouldn't be after unless they know that I, what I've been researching. (laughs) I stand up concerned, obviously. I'm probably talking to Mina like, oh, how have you been? How are things going? And there's a pencil that comes floating through the hallway and she starts writing on the wall. Worried about Vince. Not sleeping well. No one's sleeping well. Unfortunately. 
I don't feel good. Hmm. Well, perhaps with this book, you can help Vince figure out how to fix what's going on. Since you may remember some of the things you used to do. Okay. And hopefully that'll make you feel better. Hope so. Dead is enough. Dead and sick, no good. Yeah, I'm I'm going to have to look into that one. That's new to me. So, Vince and Marcus, you hear the unmistakable voice of one Alex Giovanni talking to the air in the hallway. Can we give them a key, Vince? I raise an eyebrow. I must have forgotten to lock the door. I... That's very embarrassing. Give me a moment. <laughs> and he just pokes his head out into the corridor and he's like, Oh, hi, Alex. Uh, won't you come in? Mina already invited me, but I actually have a book for you. Oh, books are always welcome. I mean, this is Mina's place, correct? That is true. Sometimes I forget that I'm but a lowly tenant. Yeah, so we're having a, a drop of blood. And as he's looking at Alex, he's just like, what horrible things have they done? You don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But but Vincent wants to know. He wants to know about everyone's dirty secrets now. So I had an interesting visit with someone of your clan. And she has agreed to let you borrow this book in the quest to clean everyone. Because it is my impression that even if kindred aren't having dreams, they may at some point. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I thought it was just the infected blood, but uh, I have some notes I've gotten from Miss Van Ness and... uh, Yes, I, I'll have to, I'll have a look at it, see if there's anything I can combine with the notes we have so far, and well, if, if I can work it in, I can. It, anything is going to help, to be honest. I, uh, it's, it seems like it might be complicated. Sure, but I would trust this one since she's quite a bit older than most. But here's the book. You can tell me if it's helpful. Yes, of course. And he just takes it with both hands. He's like, uh, and he just looks at the cover. And he's like, oh, I have no idea what this is. But yes, thank you very much. Uh, I'd be delighted to get the, uh, to look through. And he's just thinking back about (laughs) everything he's been told so far about, you know what? Maybe this actually would be better than the ritual that I've been given. Because that ritual (laughs) might just be unnecessarily bloody. Let's see. We'll see. Well, um, if you don't mind, you guys can get back to your chat. I'm just going to hang with Mina for a while. She's not feeling well. Not that you probably noticed. It's like, well, I thought she's quiet, but I thought that was because Karen was dead. Um... Perhaps. But she should be feeling better for Halloween coming up. Are, are ghosts affected by things like blood moons? Well certain times of the year, the shroud gets a whole lot thinner, so they can interact more freely. And Vince, like, stares into the middle distance, kind of like I'm doing, and then he he's like, what if someone was, someone that was a very experienced magic user was uh, siphoning 
energy from beyond the veil somehow to, I don't know, to do something terrible to us. I don't know. The Sabbat are weird. <laughs> oh, yes. And of course, they eat babies. I mean, how much of this stuff are you going to believe and how much are you not? They've infected our dreams. Well, well in, the, in as much as they have made us dream, but the fact that they have poisoned our supply is the issue and anybody with enough time and willingness and certain know-how could make that happen I mean don't think that all Tremere are with the Camarilla yeah I I get that but they also have this weird they have a bunch of different traditions that we don't have I don't know a lot about it, but they, they've got stuff we don't. Sure, but we have stuff they don't. But as you said, not all Tremira with the Camarilla, so they've easily gotten a bunch of us. It's, yeah, it's possible. I mean, the thing is, is we don't know enough. Uh, do we want them here? No. Do we want them trying to make a move? I think, personally... They're either trying to take this or they're trying to weaken the city so that the Anarchs can move in so it makes it easier for them to operate as they wish. I mean, there's there's a lot of theories. Right now, we need to focus on the one thing, and that is to get a cure to the poisoning. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I just... There's, there's a lot of potential energy trapped on... That side of the veil, as I understand it. But yeah. Yes, there is. And, you know, there are a few of us that can uh, take some of that or use it or, you know, be friendly so that it doesn't backfire at you. You know, because they are equally sentient beings as we are. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as a person. What if someone took Mina's ability to the energy that she uses to sustain herself? What if someone was siphoning that is what I mean? What if mm. someone was just taking the primal force? It's it's possible, but if Karen was a fetter, then she's not going to feel well. If you being sick affects her, she's not going to feel well. There's uh, there's many, many reasons, potentially. And then there's all the other things that live on the other side with her. You're right. I should just focus on the thing that I can at least do something about, because I know nothing about that side, so... Right. Yeah. Is Marcus just hanging in the library, listening to this conversation through the door, or...? Absolutely. There's no reason for me to engage in this. I'm happy to listen to people's positions and consider them. I think it's very revealing. Besides, I have a nice flood vintage. Why ruin it with anything else than the time I'm enjoying spending here in the in the library? That's true. Got a library, got a good drink. What else do you need? Beyond the gossip coming through the door? Shotgun. I mean, the gossip is uh, is actually one of the vampire's core tenets. It's really more important than the blood. So, well, Alex, I, I won't keep you if uh, if you want to stay and talk to 
Tamina, please. Uh, it's it's her house. If, but if she tells you to leave, please leave. I don't think she would ever tell me to leave. Maybe you, but not me. Mm. Yeah, but, you know, I, I, he's like, I just can't say to you, be my guest, because I don't own the house. Yeah, anyway, I'll just... <laughs> and he just points vaguely towards the library. He's like, I'll just be going. Uh, if you need me, just holler. <laughs> I hope the book is helpful. Um, and then I'll shout down the hall. I'll talk to you later, Marcus. I don't say anything. I'm going to uh, ask Mina if she feels safe. You get a question mark on the wall. Vince is going to have a lot of pencil to clean off of his wall later. At least it's just pencil. Do you feel like something is going to harm you? Harm Vince. Fair. He's sick. I sick. That was my theory. Well, um, if you can help him with that uh, book I brought from Vera, hopefully you can make some headway. And uh, you have a good night. And hopefully there's a way you can get a hold of me tomorrow if you need to. I have a party at the temple, so we'll see you then. Got it. Smiley face uh, emoji on the wall. And then I'll, yeah, let myself out and head to uh, Rom's place. So you're going to have Rom stay with you for the next day and then go straight to the shenanigans? Okay. So Rom the shaman. Am I going to a party? Well, we'll see. You have not been feeling very well for obvious Mm. reasons. You slept through an entire night. You groggily woke up halfway through tonight. Still not feeling great. I'm going to take that rouse check from you, though. You succeeded. Yay, this is good. This is a good start to a good day. You still take one point of hunger. Damn it. Because you you didn't sleep very well. And you were dreaming. Again. Were they good dreams? No. Surprisingly, no. In addition to all of the blood and the screaming and the shadows, you mysteriously had dreams about very sharp teeth sinking into your abdomen and fins circling you in the mist. I don't like fins. They're my least favorite uh, object. Well, they followed you into your dreams this past day, and you're less able to control the hunger than you have ever been. And considering what happened the other night, that that's all, that's saying a lot. So you take that point of hunger. You're still missing a chunk of your leg. Your abdomen looks a little bit better, but you didn't heal as much as you were expecting to while you were resting. And you know that in order to recuperate at all, you're going to need to feed at some point. Well, I learned to lower my expectations after I was surprised by by vampire sharks. That was that was a new thing. Was not seeing that coming. Who's around me? Is there anyone anyone here at all? Hello? You hear a knock on the door to your staircase. Master Rom? Master Rom, are you all right? Pretty, is that you? Yes, Master Rom, there's someone at the door for you. I didn't know if you were well, but... 
any time off. It's somebody at the door already. Who's at the door? Is it a, a, a man, woman, betwixt, null? Who is it? A person in a very nice suit said their name is Alex. Oh, okay. Well, of all of the options, that's probably the least shitty. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get up. And I'll go ahead and, and, and am I, I have pants on at least, right? Ish. Okay, well then I'm going to put pants on. And, and then I'm going to, I'm going to open the door. It's, it's, I'm assuming because Alex is, a ra- is awake and walking around, that is definitely not, it's definitely a time of the evening when that's okay. Alex. Rom is standing there bare-chested in harem pants and still with a significant chunk of his abdomen missing. Well, you look better than Vince did. Wait, what happened to Vince? Oh, he just looks like he rolled around on the floor and uh, it was a mess. But anyways. You can see through part of me. Look, look, there's more, there's, there's chunks but your pants are clean yes well um i have people that help me do that so that is that is a good thing well if he was a little bit nicer to mina she might clean his clothes too who's mina oh his ghost freaky cool aunt ghost aunt cousin i don't i don't remember how they're related Sweet. This is, you guys are interesting. You are a very interesting group of people. You know that, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, what did I, what am I missing? What, where, what's, you're here, so obviously. Well, part of your leg, your abdomen. I was hosting a party at the beach and I forgot to bring snacks. Well, obviously. Absolutely. Uh, you're here, so obviously well, be, you need some, something is going on. What's going on? Well, there is a um, very old wise woman. When I say very old, I mean very old. Who says that she is in town to speak to the Oracle. And the only person that I can think of that has had visions of what's going on to be called maybe somewhat of an oracle is either Dina or you. I don't I don't like being Cassandra. Why do I, I always is cuz I'm friggin it's cuz I'm it's this is Malkavian stuff. I'm always getting wrapped in this stuff. <sighs> There's always an oracle. All right. Yes, but there might be information to be found. So I thought since we will be able to go visit her first thing tomorrow, but tomorrow is also Halloween, I have a party for us to go to. So I thought you could stay with me and we'll go visit her and then go to a party. You see, like, Rom's getting tired demeanor change and be like, oh, really? Okay, so, um, all right, well, uh, at, okay, I will grab a bite to eat. Well, no, well, yeah, absolutely. But also, I, I was going to just grab, like, a night bag. And, um, it, wait, hold on. Is Marcus going to be there? 
Oh, no, he wouldn't be found at a party like this. Okay, so we don't need box cutters. Okay, sweet. No worries. I have your costume already, too. A, a, a costume? Halloween costume. Okay, fine. Um, what is it? Is it, is it good? Well, we're gonna go as early Romans or Greeks. Depends how it turns out with the accessories. As long as I, I gotta put, like, the toga over the whole part. Right. Then I think we got this. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, in that case, and uh, Rom, like, runs back into the house for a second, fishes through a drawer, and grabs a particular eyeshadow palette. All right. Fantastic. Now then? Oh, sure. I, I mean, I don't have any other plans tonight, so I figured I'd just... uh scoop you up um make sure that you feed first so that you can heal some of this and then we can go gonna be a problem it's gonna be a problem i i don't bag i i don't i'm 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 a i'm a i like them you know uh wiggling so then call some of your people can, should we be should so last time we talked remember about the dream thing right but you're already having them right but does it go and if you don't bag then you don't know how to make it safe but won't that put them at risk oh yeah but they're just kind yeah, but they're my they're my kind. And um they're they're nice and I like them and I've trained them. Um do you know how difficult it is to get somebody trained to use the Amazon shipping methodology? Like it's once you get that down, like you don't wanna Okay, do you here here here's the here's your options. You can either look like this and feel like this or take care of it. All right, come in. Come 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 inside. Come inside and Rom's going to go into the beaded area and I I do have equipment back there we talked about so I'm sure I have some sort of uh, uh phlebotomy equipment or something like that to be able to do some sort of blood draw. I this is not the thing that I I I'm really set up to do. This isn't what I do. All right, hold on. Is Prithy, Prithy, are you still around? She pokes her head in through the beaded curtain. Yes, Master Rom? I was getting ready for bed. Hey, sweetheart, darling. Absolutely. And as you should be, you are absolutely fantastic. By the way, you look great tonight. I just want you to know that. Oh, thank you, Master Rom. Absolutely. I need... Uh, uh, I need a small favor. I know we haven't done this in a while. Um, we haven't really needed to with our regular customer base. But I need to run a couple of tests. And so uh, I just need to do, if you could give me like five quick minutes here, I need to, uh, I need to, uh, I need you to do a donation, um, just a pint. Is that going to be something that you can support this evening? 
I guess. I mean, I, I was just going to bed, so I, I didn't have any major plans. Sure, I guess. I, I really, you know, I just want you to know that I know things are really difficult here, and I really appreciate everything that you do for me and this organization. Um, and I'm just very grateful. She preens. for all your hard work. Absolutely fantastic. All right, cool. Um, I'm gonna give you a little bit of privacy here. Go ahead, just go ahead. Uh, you know how to use the phlebotomy equipment, so um, I'm just gonna step on the other side of these beads. Um, and you don't want to take it directly. Well, that's the thing, uh, love. We're kind of on a bit of a time crunch right now, and there's a couple of other uh, issues going on, so. We're gonna do it. Uh, we're gonna do it Capri Sun style. So, um, if you could just, if you could just uh, help me out with this this one time, um, I'm gonna pick up. I know you like the um, what do they call it? Those fruit and nut chocolate bars. Yeah, I'm gonna grab one of those Cadbury ones for you on the way back. All right. Oh, that sounds marvelous. Okay. Fantastic. All right, cool. I'm just going to go ahead and close the beads as much as you can close beads. As, as you close it uh, or pull the beads back, you see her like, sterilizing uh, the inner part of her elbow with a with a cotton pad and just whistling to herself. Fantastic. Alex, how's everybody doing? As far as? Um, they're all in one piece still, right? Every time I... Every time I, I don't hang out with you for a period of time, somebody gets messed up. Um, that's usually you. Okay, fair. Rude, but fair. It looks like most of us are infected. Well, that is shitty. I, however, hopefully gave Vince more help. I got. I procured a book from somebody. How's that supposed to help? Is what's what is Vince doing? Sorry. Yeah, you've been sleeping and such. He's researching um, a potential ritual that can help cleanse the blood, or maybe everyone Ugh. blanket the city. I hope it's like a blanket the city that would make it so much easier and less of a headache. Rum just flops back into a into like a bean bag. Oh my god. Oh, thank god. You're assuming he can do it though. Well, he's got the backing of the entire Tremere clan, of course. Uh, they don't really know who he is. Fuck. How do you think I got the book because I talked to somebody in the clan? Alex, we have got to get our shit straight. That's why I figure we'll give him time to study and um, we'll uh, go get more information from the clan when the Oracle speaks to the wise woman. And then we'll have the uh, most amazing time at this party. Okay. Trust me. Like, you know how you've been looking for like enlightenment and clarity of mind? This temple will bring it to you. Why do I feel like I'm being roped into something that I don't have all the fish about? It's a party. As Alex says, says that, Preeti pokes her head out and she passes you a pint-sized uh, IV bag of blood. Absolutely. I give her a kiss on the cheek 
and I just say you are absolutely fantastic and an essential part of this organization. Thank you so much. Cadbury, fruit, nut, bar, got it. On the list already. We've got this. Alex, mm-hmm. let's let us be away. Excellent. Brithy, you're you got the fort. This is your your place. You run it. You got it. She's swaying slightly as she bandages up the IV hole in her arm. Oranges, darling. Orange juice in the fridge. Got it. Got it. You rock. Love you. All right. Fantastic. Alex, I'm going to so I'm going to go ahead and grab a, a leather jacket and just kind of like I got like this nice maroon leather jacket. Um, and I'm just going to kind of put it on and like zip it up. It's a little bit, bit of a kind of an Eisenhower jacket, so it's a little short, but I'm hoping it covers up enough holes and chunks. We're not going with skinny jeans today because that's going to really show the definition of the bite marks. So something a little bit baggier, something about some Levi's. Yeah, that'll work. Sweet. Alex, why are we still here? I'm waiting on you. Okay, fantastic. And we are gone. The two of you leave and everyone retires for the evening, or rather for the daytime. Meanwhile, while all this has been happening, at exactly 12.01 on the 31st, a plane lands from Chicago at the Terminal 1 of San Francisco International Airport. And departing from this airplane, first off the plane from business class, and currently striding through the hallways of the Harvey Milk Terminal, we find who, Scott? William Mallet is not a large man by modern standards. He's a little over five foot tall and fairly slightly built. Looking at him, he may appear to be in his late 50s, early 60s. He's got iron grey hair, it's not completely white yet, that is neatly slicked back and is thinning a bit. He is dressed in a very expensive but simple bespoke suit, just a simple grey suit. And obviously a bespoke white shirt underneath that, but his sole eccentricity is that he wears a silver-coloured cravat instead of a tie. Well, I suppose his other eccentricity is that he carries a walking cane that has got a silver head on it, and the head appears to be a hammer. He carries himself very straight and has got a a no-nonsense kind of air about him. He doesn't smile habitually. He's got very cold eyes. But at the same time, there is perhaps a certain charisma and presence to him. Who's traveling with you in your in your entourage? William is accompanied by a relatively small entourage. The only kindred amongst them is Tiana Nanai, who is 
William's bodyguard. She is of Clan Bruja, and she is a large woman originally from the Pacific Islands who has been in his employ for over a hundred years at this stage. She is about six foot two tall, solidly built, dressed in a Again, a fairly expensive suit, but this is a light linen suit with a loose cut that is clearly designed for freedom of movement. She has a few visible tattoos, including a couple of facial tattoos. And she moves with the kind of wary grace of someone who is used to both trying to avoid violence and engaging with it when absolutely necessary. The two humans who accompany William are, first of all, Sophie Archambault, who is mistaken by too many people, probably for her liking, most of all, for William's personal assistant. She is not. She is the chief technology officer of Opticon, which is a data analysis firm that William owns, that deals with some degree of political consultancy as well. And she very much acts as William's interface with the human world. She is, however, a ghoul. Sophie is now in her 50s. She is dressed in a black skirt suit with uh, an open-necked white blouse. She carries an attaché case with her. She wears horn-rimmed glasses and usually has a scowl on her face when dealing with the humans that she has to deal with for William, but a very pleasant professional manner when dealing with him directly. Last of all is the other human who is a fairly large, well-muscled man probably in his early 20s, mid-20s maybe, who those who keep up with current affairs in the news might even recognize as a former Olympian, a member of the German Olympic swim team, whose name is Lucas Bacher. And he has a very particular purpose in William's entourage. He is... William's blood boy. And this is something of an open secret. William has allowed the rumor to circulate that he, like Peter Thiel, keeps this boy on staff to provide blood transfusions to keep him young. And this is a half-truth. William does make use of his blood, but not through transfusions. His little entourage walk through the Harvey Milk Terminal. It's night. It's just past midnight on the 31st, Halloween. There's not a whole lot of people traveling at this time. So just a few other travelers from Chicago. And anyone who does get in your way quickly moves out of it. You just have a sort of aura of, don't fuck with me. And... You step out into the cool San Francisco night. It's not as cold here as it is already in Chicago for you, although it is still a bit breezy. So 
you have a, a limo waiting for you. There is a driver wearing the fancy old style suit and hat holding up a sign saying William Mallet and, and party. And they drive you to your location of choice. Where is William going to be staying while he's in San Francisco? While he's staying in San Francisco, William has made arrangements to stay at the house of an unnamed friend who has left town to leave William the full run of the premises. This is a mansion up on Pacific Heights, the area that's now known as Billionaire's Row. It's uh, an old-fashioned-looking house with uh, that takes up most of a city block or the equivalent of a block and has got its own small grounds around it, but most importantly is well-fortified, easy to secure, and has got good stout shutters that can go over all the windows. So your limo drives you up to a very expensive-looking modern home. Uh, This one, though, has, instead of all of the glass that you see in a lot of modernist architecture in San Francisco, uh, it appears to be more of a square, and all of the windows have curtains over them. Uh, But it's a very square-shaped dwelling Uh, It stands out like a sore thumb from the rest of the architecture in San Francisco and the locals all hate it, but it's very much the the kind of place a billionaire would stay. So you and your your entourage uh, arrive at this location. By the time you get everything set up, you review the information you've been given uh, and who you want to speak to on this particular trip. It is getting later into into the morning. But you do get uh, an alert from one of your contacts in San Francisco that the blood hunt is on for one of the primogens of San Francisco. Claudio Ricci, the Toreador primogen, is currently the subject of a blood hunt. And your contact happens to know that the message will be going out right at sunrise and come the following night... When sun sets on the 31st, it's open season. And that's new information to you. Well, they do keep things lively around here. Hmm. Very. Well, I suppose if they're going to hunt him, they're going to hunt him. They must have good reason. And as long as they don't scare the kind or attract the wrong kind of attention, why not? I'm sure we can help the clan find a suitable replacement once all the dust has settled. Interesting. So, Do you have any shenanigans you want to set in motion before you retire for the morning and you can begin your proper work the following night? Ah, yes. Uh, Miss Archambault, could you please bring me those invitations? And these invitations, when Sophie brings them through, are handwritten. They're beautifully handwritten on cream card with a stamp, a letterhead on them that is William Mallet's own personal stamp. There is one for each member of the coterie, and William signs them all personally. The invitations each suggest that the invitee 
makes themselves available at the Opticon offices at their earliest convenience. Once William has finished signing them all, he hands them back to Sophie. Ah, Miss Ashambeau, do have these hand-delivered. That should convey an appropriate degree of urgency. Sophie nods, and uh, she she says, um, "I'll I'll get these out uh, as quickly as possible. They shouldn't be too hard to find." Very good, thank you. And, uh, Monsieur, you have a message waiting uh, from. She peers at the paper. I cannot read this handwriting, but she hands you uh, hands you a message, and it's from the uh, primogen of Ventru in town, requesting confirmation of your arrival uh, when you've arrived. So you have uh, Juanita Martinez. She's your she's the primogen in town, uh, asking to, asking you to let her know when you've arrived and when you would like to have a clan meeting to discuss the Conrads. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Must keep the locals happy. Um, Miss Ashambo, could you please write a message to um, Miss Martinez suggesting that we meet in, let's say, in two nights? Do pass on my regrets that I shan't be able to make time for her sooner than that. But she must understand that I am newly arrived in San Francisco and am still familiarizing myself with the complexities of the situation here. Sophie nods, takes it down, uh, and says, I will deliver this as well. Is there anything else, monsieur? Yes, I'm afraid I have some personal business to attend to with the current management of San Francisco. You may wish to keep a steak or two at the ready, just in case. Or three. As ever, Miss Ashambeau, your efficiency and hard work have been exemplary. Thank you indeed. I would be quite lost without you. She smiles. And she heads out to distribute your mail for you. So... William heads back to his borrowed mansion some time before dawn. He is rather old. He is almost a thousand now. And while this does have its merits, he does not quite have the energy he had when he was a younger kindred and does sometimes need to turn in early, especially after such a long journey. And the trip was... While not exactly long, it was still very taxing for you. You haven't had to travel like that in quite some time. So so you retire, all of you, for the day in your various locations. And when you awake, it is 7.30 p.m. on Halloween. So I would like a rouse check from everyone including you, Scott. So that's going to be 1d10, and you want a 6 or higher. I have a 9. 8. Okay, so... Marcus is fine, as usual, somehow. I have failed. 
Okay, so Rom, you're going to take two points of hunger. That's at four out of five. Also as usual. Oh, fuck. <laughs> also as usual for Rom. Imagine you had this fucker in your house and you're just like, okay, Ram, I'm taking you to a party later. And you just look over and he's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, I have I have Prithy's bag in the fridge, so I just haven't used it yet. I rolled a six. Okay. Ah, I passed. So William is fine. He's old. He doesn't need to feed as much. And Katarina, you take one point of hunger. And Vince? Vince succeeded, and uh, I added the point of hunger because... All right. So you all wake up in your various locations... Uh, let's let's deal with Rom first. Rom, you wake up and you are ravenous. There is a gnawing inside your gut, and you are feeling so yes. fucking hungry. I I want the human equivalent of an In and Out burger. I'm I'm gonna try. I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight for that fridge for that bag, and I'm I'm gonna I want to I just want to bite the bag. That is not the right way to eat, drink from that bag. I'm doing it anyways. Okay, so you bite into the bag and blood goes everywhere all over Alex's kitchen. All over you, all over the kitchen. It looks like an episode of Hannibal in here. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to try to get as much of it in my face as I can and whatever I can't, I'm I'm going to go at it. So I don't care if it's on the floor. I hope you used the Roomba. Do I get any of that? Well, I can tell you the way you bit into it is not going to be enough to really do much. Look, I'm not making good decisions, all right? Business as usual for Ram the Shaman. So I what, walk into my kitchen that's more expensive than his entire house to him, like, licking the floor? Basically. Yes, that is exactly what it is. There's blood splatter everywhere. Rom is covered in in blood. He's licking the floor. His eyes are slightly red. And he he looks very much like Vince did when (sighs) Vince was on the brink of frenzy. Can any of you get your shit together? I didn't think it was going to pop. (sighs) It's like... This is, it's, it's like a giant bloody Tide Pod. Let me know when you're, when you're cleaned up and feeling better. Uh, there might be. I don't back. There might be another one in the back of the fridge. Yeah. Why don't you roll me a D10 to see if you have another bag in the fridge? That was a two. Yeah, no. You ran out of your supply, and with Maxine dead and Eddie in a bit of a, a panic, you haven't really had much chance to refill. Do I get one point off of hunger for that? or You gotta finish cleaning my kitchen first, probably. Alright, fine. You know, they make the... If you've seen the commercials for the paper towels, that you, you can wring them out and then use them again. They fixed that in, like, the 90s. If you want to reduce your hunger, you have to clean the kitchen. All right, I'm into that. 
I think you're I think you're hungry enough at four hunger that you don't really have much control over it. You're just the smell is all around you, and because the smell is all around you, you are just devouring every bit of blood you can find on every possible surface. I'm very sorry about the grout. I just turn around and walk away and start getting ready for the party. When you're done, make sure you shower. So as uh, Rom is clean feeding, and Alex, you turn away, you see an envelope stuck under your front door. Oh, no. All right. I will go check out the envelope. It has your name on the front in very elegant handwriting. Okay. Maybe. It depends if it's a Tory door or not. I'll open it. So you open the, the envelope and you find a neat, elegant invitation card in almost calligraphic handwriting. And it is from a William Mallet inviting you, Alex Giovanni, to a meeting at your earliest convenience. Oh, fuck that. Okay. Well, my earliest convenience is going to be on the first because we have a party. <laughs> So where is this meeting supposed to take place? Yeah, Scott, do you give a location? William has invited the various members of the coterie to the Opticon offices in the financial district of San Francisco. This is a fairly opulent looking glass fronted building that is incredibly modern in its design. So the address is in the financial district, actually in the heart of Ventru territory in downtown San Francisco. And you you recognize the office building. Is that where Felix was staying? Not the same building, but across the street. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess I will get Rom cleaned up. I'll just put on a suit because we got to go see the wise woman. And then Rom's just going to have to hang out until after my meeting because I'm not taking him with. You see a second envelope under the one you picked up and this one has Rom's name on it. Ah, son of a bitch. Okay. I guess I'll uh, look back towards the kitchen and uh, tell Rom. Hey, Rom. There's some Ventru pissing on our party. So after you see the wise woman, we got to go meet some dude with the stick up his ass. But it'll totally kill us. So keep your mouth shut. Okay. Is that code for something? No, it's literal. All of it. All right. Well, I'll... I'm going to... I'm... There's a lot of coagulation going on. Shower? Uh, you better lick your feet, feet clean. Do you know how much my carpet cost? I'm just kidding, and I throw, like, a rag at him. Yeah, no, uh, I'll, I'll clean myself off and head off to the shower, um, and then post-shower, I'm going to see if Alex is the same clothing size as me. Do I have something that I could pick out for Rom? I think we established last time, when Rom was staying with you last time, that he is slightly shorter than you and a bit skinnier, but that you can make it work. Right, so no tailored suits, but I could probably get him, like, a nice dress shirt and maybe have him cuff some dress pants. All right, fantastic. So while Alex and Rom are 
getting ready for a party and also for a meeting or two. Marcus, you have awakened. Really? This night of the 31st. It could be worse. It could be. Give it time. You slept very well last night. Oh, good. Didn't remember a thing? Nope, not a thing. Lucky you. And there's a knock on your door. Am I still in bed? Well, you could have gotten up by now. I'm just wondering. Uh, okay, yeah, I get out of bed and go as I am to uh, the door of my bedroom, which here at the uh, offices is essentially in, in the back of my office. You open the door and Marie's standing there. It's like, mm-hmm. um, sorry to bother you, Marcus. Someone French dropped this off for you. And there is a white envelope with your name neatly written across the front. You take the envelope. Thanks, Marie. Yeah, I I didn't want to wake you up. Sorry. It's okay. I'll be down in a little while. Okay, she nods and goes off downstairs back to work. I close the door and inspect the letter within. You also find an invitation to a meeting with William Mallet at the boardroom downtown of the Opticon offices. At your earliest convenience. Of course. So I'll uh, set the letter aside and probably try to figure out what I'm going to wear next. Okay. Are you planning on going straight to the meeting? Do you have other plans for this evening? No, I don't really have... um, I need to at some point speak with Ram about something more long-term, but I assume he's probably still resting up after his uh, nasty run-in with the beach party. Yes, after his shark attack. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it seems that the uh, local gang will do it do enjoy a good quick bite of Melkavian every now and again. So I will uh, dress properly, although nothing, nothing too over the top for me. Uh, so I'll do that and grab my jacket and go downstairs and speak with Marie and make sure that everything downstairs is running fine as it should be. She nods and just points it. Everyone working on their different projects. It's a very quiet night tonight. The cops took the caution tape down, so I guess it's... I guess they're done with the scene? Yeah, they're done. Okay. Uh, Good. We don't need that kind of attention. We got work to do. We do. How are you feeling? Uh, Didn't sleep very well. Uh, She smiles a little sheepishly, but who does these days? I sleep like the dead. I smile. Mm. Well, I, I guess all of this doesn't bother you too much when you've seen the stuff you've seen. It doesn't mean it doesn't bother me. It means that I can channel it. There's a difference. Well, maybe I'll learn how to do that one, one of these nights. I have no doubt. Chin up. She nods and gets back to her desk. Yeah, from there, I am going to likely contact Vince and uh, attempt to ascertain whether or not he has also gotten a very mysterious letter. Okay, so Vince, you wake up this evening. You also did not sleep very well, and you're feeling a little hungry. 
And instead of a book being thrown at you when you wake up this evening, it just sort of limply falls off the bookcase. Yeah, and Vince will uh, will pick that up. He picks it up and he reads just... It must be very annoying for Mina because he just picks at random. (laughs) Just like wherever it falls, he just reads from there. So you read to Mina. Yeah, so Vince will read to Mina and he's just like... And then he he, uh, takes a moment and he's like, Hey Mina, I I hope you're doing okay. And uh, he's like, I'm just gonna check the post because as as a person who still lives their mortal life, I get post. (laughs) Or sorry, mail. You go out into the hallway in your bare feet and... You don't get any response from Mina, which is a little strange, but Alex did say that she wasn't feeling very well. So you go check your mailbox. It's it's one of those metal boxes that's hung on your wall just outside your door. Uh, And inside your mailbox, you have a couple bills, one from the power company and uh, one from the water company. And you have a notice reminding you not to use uh, too much water when it comes to lawns, you know, we're on a ban on, on watering lawns currently, etc. But then you also find a plain white envelope with your name on it. And this is the point at which Vince wonders, I wonder if vampires can be affected by anthrax and opens the envelope. <laughs> and it's a valid, it's a valid worry. So this plain white envelope doesn't have a return address, doesn't have a stamp, doesn't even have your address. It just has your name, your full name on the front. The last time I got anything like this was the invite from the prince. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, oh, God damn it. And he just <laughs> takes it inside and opens it. So you also find this invitation from William Mallet. And as you're looking at it, perhaps in confusion and a bit of dawning horror, your phone rings. It's my friend Marcus, who's really, can I call him a friend? Because he's just another monster. He freely admits to it, so yeah. he's just like, "Oh, hi, uh, hi, Marcus." Vince, I'll keep this short. Did you get a letter tonight? Oh, I take it you got one too. I did. I'm gonna stop by your place. Okay, I uh, I'll get dressed and be ready for for when you're here. Wear something with a collar. Last person who told that said that to Vince was his sire, and he's like, "No, no, he means a different kind of collar. Far different." I mean, hey, I'm not here to shame. So if you want to wear a collar, that's fine with me, buddy. Yes, I will. (laughs) All right. I'll see you shortly. I hang up the phone and then uh, get in the car. We'll change the camera over briefly to one Katerina Bogdanovich. Katerina, you did not sleep very well. I'm not shocked by that. I didn't think you would be. So you wake up, you feel groggy, you feel bleary-eyed. The dreams were worse this time than they were yesterday. You don't know if it was because you saw the cold, dead, staring eyes of the 50 humans you killed, or if it's just because you've suddenly realized how much the bakery had a part to play in this, but you feel like shit. So you wake up and you presumably get ready for the day and 
As you go to the door leading to the stairs down to the main part of the bakery, you see this white envelope under your door. I will pick it up. As you reach for it, it scoots forward a bit, almost like it's been helpfully pushed. I guess I'll open it. So you open the envelope and you find this invitation from William Mallet inviting you to your meeting at your earliest convenience down at the Opticon offices in the financial district. The heart of venture territory, as you know. What do you do? I'm going to walk downstairs into the bakery. I'm going to go into the back. I'm going to turn on the oven and throw the envelope inside. So you burn it to a crisp. Correct. Excellent. So you have received your summons and decided to ignore it. Cora is gone for the night and for perhaps a few more nights as you've sent her to the farm for quarantine. And you don't see any sign of Lucy. I'm going to go into the office and attempt to call her another half dozen times. You call her and call her and call her and you get nothing. On the on the seventh call, you get a inbox full. I'm sure that since she's my employee, I am going to find her file and where her address is. Because I need to hunt her down and make sure she's okay. All right. So you get her address. Ray Ray pokes his head in. Hey, Katarina. Hello, Ray Ray. He tilts his head a little bit. You feeling okay? Just been sleeping a little rough for a little while. I will be okay. No worries. Uh-huh. Never known you to have a bad night's sleep. You out partying and you didn't tell me? No, Ray Ray. You really think I'm going to go partying without you? You better not. No, don't worry. It's just been a few hard nights of trying to arrange with a client that is very particular. Okay, got it, got it. Uh, do you need me to stick around tonight? I see Cora's not in. I haven't seen Lucy and Lexi already left. We are going to do something that we do not do very often. I would like you to write a note and post it on the door that we are closed for the evening. He holds his hands up to his mouth in, in fake shock. We're closing? The bakery? For a short while at nights. The world must be ending. Pigs are flying past my window. Isn't it you, Rere, who told me that maybe I shouldn't work so much, huh? Yes, I just never thought you'd actually listen to me. I had to rub in at some point. Now, go enjoy your night. I have... Well, more meetings with said client. I'm working very hard to get this party arranged. All right, but uh, if we keep this closed for more than a couple nights, you're going to have to come out with me. And Raul. I will make the effort, and if I cannot, you will know. He rolls his eyes, but he smiles. All right, you got it. He saunters off. 
So we will leave our session there with all of our various preparations for the Halloween night ahead with our mysterious William Mallet in town. So thank you all for listening and have a good night. <laughs>